Happy October to all the listeners. This is Ben, and I have a quick series of announcements for you before the episode begins. One, this is the beginning of our horror-adjacent movies we will be covering in October of 2023. Uh, we're covering this movie, and also we are covering two other films, and I will let you in on one of them. It is starring Treat Williams, and he, well... Let's just say he's not alive in the movie and he has a buddy with him. So there's that hint. And the other announcement I have is that we switched recording platforms for this episode and I didn't really do my due diligence and I believe that there's a dip in quality. Um, sorry for that, but there's nothing we can do about it now. Hopefully we'll be back to normal for the next episode. So without further ado, here is the episode and our review on Vampires. Thanks for listening. Searchers, and uh, luckily we got all three of us back here tonight. Joining me Let's is Chris. Chris. Yeah, there he is, and uh, Mr. <laughs> Kevin Chan. Yes, sir. And I'm, I'm here, and I'm Ben. And uh, so this this episode actually is culminating our uh, first of. <laughs> you lost five percent of your brain three planned horror adjacent as chris would say yes, uh, for for the month of october so uh let's get right into it uh we got a uh a tight recording schedule tonight so uh what are we what are we reviewing today mr chan since this was your pick yes well we are reviewing a pick that i've wanted to do for a while vampires from john carpenter starring james wood so our second james woods film after cop which is well beloved by ben and chris here unfortunately i haven't seen it yet and i am dying to and i think it will be right up my alley but anyways we're now going to another james woods film vampires which is about a a team of vampire slayers vampire mercenary mercenary slayers hired by the vatican and they go in and infiltrate a nest of vampires searching for the master vampire no, known as John Jan Valak. And eventually, he decimates Jack Crow, played by James Woods. He decimates his entire team. And the only two remaining are Jack Crow and his buddy, Tony Montoya, played by Daniel Baldwin. Uh, lesser Alec Baldwin, if you might say is that, is that right quote unquote ben? lesser <laughs> lesser yeah less exactly lesser baldwin pains me to say that it's like ah, i don't anyway but anyway so it's jack crow and tony montoya and they set out in pursuit of jan valak the master vampire how do, how do they do this they actually use a prostitute played by cheryl lee who is known for being in twin peaks chris you know that and yes. the reason why they use her is because she was bitten by Valak. And because of that, she is now the psychic link 
to the master vampire. So in order to find him, they use her because she, at some moments in time, has a telepathic link and sees what he sees. But so they use they use her to search for Jan Valak, who is in search of a who is in search of the cross known as the Bercier cross, and he's been in pursuit of that cross for 600 years. Why? Because that cross grants him the ability to not only you know, dwell in the moonlight like all vampires do, but also walk in the sunlight and be invulnerable. And so Jack Crow, Tony Montoya, and Katrina go after Jan Valak. Will they be successful? Well, one way to find out is by watching the film. So I hope I, hope I describe that as concisely as i could but anyway spoilers yeah <laughs> um anyway i could have done way better but anyway why did i pick this film i thought it was sort of an undervalued john carpenter john carpenter film because everyone's everyone knows john carpenter for halloween with jamie lee curtis the escape series with kurt russell the, the thing vampires doesn't really seem to get much love uh from people it seems to be sort of in the i guess cult status if you may. Um, but I thought it would be an interesting pick for the start of spooky season since we're hitting October. But anyways, what did you guys think of uh, this film? Is it a worthy Carpenter film? Is it a great James Woods film? I think um, to go to your point about if it's undervalued or underseen, I think part of that is probably because James Woods is in it. Mm-hmm. And that's just sort of the effect of people caring about who the person is. What you as saying? Opposed... <laughs> <laughs> what am I saying? Um, the, fact that saying? He's, the fact that he's an outspoken conservative folk, mm-hmm. I think might have something to do with it. But also just in a more practical sense, I think vampires was at a point in Carpenter's career where he was in a lull. And he he has been on record to say that this was the film that re-inspired him to continue directing because he was at wit's end with the industry or at least with his creative juices. He was getting burnt out, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And And you could kind of see that in the film and the direction itself. So, um, but anyway, yes, this was the one film that that got him back into filmmaking because he nearly retired and he would have happily retired had it not been for uh, this film. Right. But what did yeah. he, I mean, what did he make good after this? Hint, no, nothing, 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 nothing. I didn't actually, <laughs> I actually didn't look it up. Um, yeah. He wasn't known have. for much I mean, of anything else. It was the ghost of Mars after this or before this. I don't know. Oh, even... ghost of Mars is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. I thought you were like an ice cream fan over there. Well, I I actually do appreciate Mr. Ice Cube, but the movie is not good. <laughs> yeah, I've never, I've no, I'm not a John John Carpenter fan. Uh, I mean, I've seen this is my fifth or sixth movie of his. I haven't mm-hmm. seen the thing. I haven't seen Halloween. I, I don't really care to. Maybe I'll see uh, the thing. Maybe I'll see the thing because of uh, Kurt Russell. But that's that's the only thing that. Well, then you got to see you got to see Escape from New York too. I've seen those. I've seen those. I've seen you like those too, right? Then I haven't. I haven't rated them on Letterbox, meaning I haven't seen them in a while. But um, Mm -hmm. I did. Oh, you haven't seen the thing either, huh? Ben? No, the thing is good. 
the thing is actually a really good horror film. Yeah, that's the only and, thing, the only thing, quote unquote, haha, that I would <laughs> maybe go to watch that's past. You know, I've seen They Live, uh, which I wanted to be, yeah. I wanted to be better than it was, but yeah, uh, I and don't. I, don't worry, the thing isn't body horror, I don't think, right, Chris? I know that Ben doesn't like the body horror stuff. I mentioned you know what? Uh, it's been Cronenberg's so... video drum with James Woods, too. <laughs> That's yeah, body yeah. I, I really want to see that. That one, video drum is my favorite Cronenberg. Uh, but it's it's been a long time since I've seen that or since I've seen the thing. So I can't even vouch for... How dare you? How, how, do, you, how do you not know? How do you not know? <laughs> I know. Shame. Shame on me. Shame. Now... <laughs> Shame. <laughs> shame now there's also depending on how big you two are with um stephen king um carpenter also covered christine and that's actually worth your while really yep that's the one early where, carpenter uh, it's it's right after the thing it was the movie he did okay. right after the thing and it's uh based on a stephen king novel and it's when the car comes alive so that one has some interesting practical effects. I think I, um, yeah, I think I saw yeah. close to that. It's like maximum overdrive. The cars come alive. Trucks come well, alive just, or something just, like that. The, just a car. A, a car comes alive. Okay. A car okay. named Christine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's okay. how that works. Again, that's been a while. And um, <laughs> that's if, if, I'm, if I'm completely mistaken and the listeners are shaking their heads, you can just shame me openly <laughs> in public on Letterboxd by all means. And, um, I know on my watch list, I have Assault on Precinct 13 and Boo. In the Mouth of really? Madness, which I've been recommended. <laughs> I don't actually know. Ben's just going to say boo to all these. <laughs> I don't I mean, actually know either of those are good. I but... don't I don't really. Well, we've 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 failed to mention Big Trouble in Little China, which is was, my favorite. I was going to get to that's my favorite, too. That is my favorite, <laughs> but obviously, on, would it would be our favorite, right? <laughs> yeah, Assault on Precinct Thirteen is kind of just like I think it just has cult status, and people are like, "It's so good." It's 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 so bad. It's good. It? Yeah, I don't like it. I mean, so, it's, oh, okay. it's average. Yeah, okay. It's average. It's average. It, it's average. It, okay. It's that sort of excuse. It's so bad. It's good, like The Room and plenty of other films. No, it's not. It's not that over. <laughs> not it's that, not that not overacted that. or underacted right. or whatever you want to call it. But no, it's just again. uh I guess some people would call Carpenter a uh, efficient director. He he kind of cuts corners and just kind mm. of something pretty, you know, pretty, you know, he just, I guess not save money, but maybe he's just like, doesn't want to waste his time. Maybe he's like Clint, you know, just like, all right, I was going to say one take we're done. Oh, well. <laughs> no, you're you're hundred percent right. I would, I would call him like the one word that comes to mind when I think of Carpenter is economical and yeah. that's in his just efficiency overall. I was going to say the same thing too. Clint is a very—I write about or about that a lot. Clint is a very efficient director, but I think with Carpenter, vampires—he took a lot of shortcuts in terms of his directing. I mean, you—you you look at Escape from New York, and Escape from New York was a very well-framed, great sense of blocking sort of—it's um, sort of like a psychological look at a at a hero, like the last the last hero, the last sane hero in a. Deg degrading society and then you go to the thing and it's such in the same sense like very very well crafted and blocking and framing and just sort of gradually pushing onto you that there is a a mystery a looming monstrous presence and eventually carpenter answers that for you in a very grand form but then you look at vampires and it was a very very sort of relaxed 
uh, really it just relies on editing and it's it's efficient but i wouldn't say efficient in the same sense that clint is efficient it's efficient in the sense that they had a small budget and the studio cut their budget by two thirds and they had to rework rework the story and as a result uh, the author uh, john stakely of the original novel vampires did say um, on record that the movie had much of his dialogue but little none of his plot so it shows it really does show and i think i hate to say it's carpenter's weakest but i think it's maybe carpenter at his most relaxed if that's fair to say i think that is fair to say but that's because i don't want to really skip too far ahead or if this is a perfect segue but mm-hmm. i also think that's because because if folks consider this a weird Western, mm-hmm. I think the parameters of that genre are also very relaxed mm-hmm. as in it doesn't, it doesn't acclimate to a Western and it does not acclimate to a horror film. It is, it is its own thing of blended traits of everything. Yeah. It's its own creature. <laughs> Amorphous. Yeah. It's very yeah. unclear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, in in the uh, special features of the, if you, anyone see, saw this film and really likes it, I mean, highly recommend that you get the 2019 uh, Blu-ray from Shout Factory because then you have access to a really, really cool interview with James Woods, um, a fairly recent interview in 2019 where he talks about uh, his role in this film, how he got it. And then he does hone in on the fact that quote, this really finally is a Western in the classic jo- Hollywood John Ford, Howard Hawks sense, end quote. That's not something that all three of us would truly agree on, but I can agree on that in some aspects. I mean, like Ben, you said, this isn't, this isn't really a Western per se. Really doesn't fit the parameters that you've also laid out for. Well, yeah, like I said before with Chris, uh, I forget what episode, a couple, a couple episodes ago. Oh, well, I guess Rawhide. We talked yeah. about it in Rawhide. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not. Rawhide. That's just more of a, a thought exercise. But I mean, to me, but it's fair. It, yeah, but this is just set in the American Southwest. I mean, there's not any like big cowboy, you know, tropes, tropes. that are really used. Like, like the main character doesn't even use a revolver. I had that no. in my notes. I'm like, what the <laughs> heck? Like, people keep saying it's a western, and like, <laughs> yeah. he's not wearing. You know, actually, today I just watched Vampire D. Uh, vampire hunter d that is uh, anime and like it, that character in the 80s had like a, a kind of cowboy-esque hat on like even though it was <laughs> kind of futuristic and gothic and all this stuff but like, they don't they don't make any effort like come on john what are you doing <laughs> if you're trying to make this western you can just put a cowboy hat in there or something but like i don't know i mean i guess i guess we're going off of the the location and then the the interactions between uh baldwin and, and woods right like oh they're mm-hmm. kind of like buddy co- like not not buddy cops but yeah they're kind of like and sidekick or i mean yeah. it's like it's not everyone keeps saying rio bravo but i don't see that it's, it's el dorado but whatever yeah i i, I get that uh, el dorado is another one that i am dying to see and we'll see stop eating that cookie in front of me Damn. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway <laughs> just, i can't even stop thinking about that now anyway but yeah i was gonna bring up the idea that um just because it's so relaxed, it's the, the one of the more relaxed John Carpenter films because of that. And going back, back to what Chris said about, you know, the Hangout film. Yeah, that's pretty much the only reason why I can chalk it up to Rio Bravo. That's the only relation, the only like maybe true relation of a Western that I can 
bring it back to a Hawks Western well, in terms of John Ford. It's like you get, I think you get some pretty cool cinematography here in terms of playing with the horizon levels. Uh, yeah, there's there's good establishing shots. There's yeah. good picture, shots of the of the scenery and the in the mountains in the background. I think mm-hmm. the biggest argument you can make for it fitting into a Western genre is if you take James Wood's character and you, and I, we already said he doesn't carry a revolver or anything like that, but if you put him in the Western genre and say he is a type of person that is trying to make society better <laughs> by eliminating vampires so that way the future can progress like yeah. if you look at it that way, the way that a cowboy was mm-hmm. someone who is bad and good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, who was used to kill off all the bad guys in order for the innocent and the civilians to live. That totally fits. Right. Uh-huh. But he's missing the 10-gallon hat. He's missing his uh, holster. He's missing the, um, the ammo over the shoulder or however he's going to hold it. He's missing his horse. Mm-hmm. Right, et cetera, et cetera. Right. We could go on. Right, um, exactly. But yeah, I, I would I would say that part of the argument you could that might be the only other than the establishing shots and the fact that it's set in the West. Um, because the era doesn't fit. That mm-hmm. right. It's yeah, not it doesn't fit. I mean, you could also I guess I'll I'll defend the the side of the quote unquote argument. Not it's not really an argument, but I'll I'll defend the side that I don't agree with, but like the music is heavily western inspired yeah yeah that's a good point too ben that's a good point and we haven't mentioned we haven't mentioned it yet but just because you did um this was music by john carpenter and i think Mm -hmm. that's another i think that's a really cool trademark of his movies is he always puts an effort in to work on the music also another uh attribute to clint eastwood because he does compose his own music for his own films as well Say like okay. say Gran Torino is also a good example. Or, or Craig a recent example. Craig Zoller does the same thing. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's kind of cool. It adds to the whole auteur aspect that this film really is the film that the filmmaker wanted. Like it's yes. really the, the true painting of the artiste, if you if you may. It's uh, layered. It's layered in that way. And yeah. It. I had it in my notes. I didn't mention it. Dark Star, John Carpenter's debut. Um, that one I like, it's, it's a little kooky in its own (laughs) special way. Um, but that one also has some funky, like Western tie-ins and Mm -hmm. part of that comes from the music, um, Mm -hmm. which makes it memorable to me when I, and I've only seen it the one time. Um, so there's like, this is pretty wacky Western, um, theme song, if you will, that comes from that. And, Mm -hmm. um, Carpenter, I believe had a hand in making that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So clearly, he was really inspired by the old sort of style of, of the the old western. You could see those. He always has there. been, I think. Yeah, he right. always and has then, been. Yeah. Well, yeah. he always so he then, always wanted to make a western, and I'm like, I don't understand why <laughs> in the '90s, why couldn't you just make a western? <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, or right. or at least make this one more a western than more what western. it is. Yeah, but yeah. why Wyatt Earp, The Unforgiven, and Tombstone all came out like right in 92, 93, 94. Like, why aren't why aren't you just jumping on the bandwagon? Like you're John Carpenter. You could have gotten a budget to make, you know. (laughs) Yeah. I I just don't get it. I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong, dude. Oh, this is this is the closest the closest thing I made to a Western. I'm like, why did you just make one? (laughs) He's like, it's my favorite genre. I'm like, all right, well, your effort 
was really low on like trying to <laughs> trying to make one. I, I don't get it. I'm I'm confused, but whatever. I, I think that adds to the fact to why he was so burnt out with Hollywood because it it seemed like maybe he wasn't getting the opportunity from studios to make the films that he wanted to make. And I guess Vampires was one that sort of the premise came close to what he wanted to make. So he thought, oh, okay, well, you know, I'll just I'll you know I won't retire and I'll give this a shot and see if I still enjoy filmmaking. Well, Even he actually hampered by the studio. He left this movie for like a few days. He did. Yeah, he did. So even this movie wasn't an easy breezy time. <laughs> he had to come back. He was he had to be convinced to come back and then uh, film it. So there's also another uh, cause as to why this feels, you know, a little too much like he cut corners. I guess, you know, there is still some studio intervention, especially when he left. Um, I mean, there was like how many studios were involved in this damn thing? Uh, A whole bunch. (laughs) Yeah, it's like I I don't understand when you're a guy who has a resume like him and you're still getting pushed around by people. It it doesn't make sense. But um, let's get into let's get into the variety filmmaker, John Carpenter. (laughs) Yeah, let's get into the let's get into the plot, because that's where I think we're going to have a lot of uh, differing views. (laughs) Uh Yeah, yeah. Get into it. Yeah uh chris do you have anything to say starting off or you want me to jump right into it i don't i don't regarding the plot no i don't think so okay we, we've set everything up you know we've we mentioned the weird western we've we've talked a little bit about the background i think we're good to go yeah so i don't think anyone's going to argue about james wood's performance like he did a solid to amazing job depending on your opinion let's not even really just let's not even talk about that uh Let's skip that and go yeah. into why I think that there are a lot of problems with this movie and the mm-hmm. and why a lot of people don't like it is because they kind of blow their wad in the first 20 minutes and set this big, nice. They have this great setup with like, hey, we got this team of vampire hunters like here. There are a bunch of badasses. The first 10 minutes, they're they're fighting a bunch of, you know, lowly uh, vampires in a house in a, in a nest, they call it. And then 10 minutes later, they just boom they're all dead they just kill them all off with <laughs> with ooh, and we haven't talked about him yet thomas ian griffith the uh the main baddie is played yeah. by him and i thought he did a solid job but mm-hmm. why do you kill off like all these nice character actors like mark boone jr uh carrie yeah carrie hiroyuki uh Taneda, I, I, yeah. I john carpenter basically remade aliens and alien 3 in a matter of 30 minutes and I, yeah. I think it was remarkable because <laughs> everybody grows to love these characters and they have a team and they're all they're action, you know, they're men and they're all fighting the the evil forces. And then right at the beginning of Alien 3, uh, just David Fincher just goes right for it and kills everybody that everybody loves, except for the main character. Total, <laughs> totally redone in that way. And well, I appreciate that. Haven't seen that movie. Line, run away. Don't give a shit about any of the alien movies. <laughs> Ooh, shot fire. I saw so like coming from a mile away. <laughs> yeah, like take your Gen X shit and shove it up your ass. Like everybody can get off their damn pedestals with that Ooh, movie. I hate, I hate those. I hate people talking about. Oh, it's the best movies of all time. Oh my god, uh, it's a great movie. <laughs> so much for Ben being positive. I'm gonna just that's this fine. One right, that's fine. Oh, no, I, think, I set uh... you up so you could. I set you up so you could slam dunk all over Alien. 
That was that was my whole intent of this. Hey, there you go. I am positive that that movie, that series is not as good as everyone says, but whatever. (laughs) Alien 2 is definitely better than the first one, man. Oh, my God. Aliens. Ben, Ben, hold on a second. It's a Western. It's a Western sci fi. What are you talking about? Which one? (laughs) (laughs) He's just messing with me. I I know. (laughs) It's the way she goes. But yeah, I just think the plot is like out of order in this movie. They should have yeah. they should have killed all the guys off that you liked in the end of act 2 yeah. instead of in the first 20 minutes and I think everyone would like this. I mean, the rating of this movie, like the average rating is like a lot lower than even I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be like, you know, on letterbox people are like, "Oh, whatever, this movie is like 3.5 or to 4 and this is like a two a two something." Like people don't like this movie. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that is weird. But I, I I it's not just the plot, it's like how they to how I don't know if it was Carpenter or whoever, but how they chose to depict vampires was kind of bizarre to me as well. Like you can't yeah. kill them with stakes because you you stake them and you still got to pull them outside for in the sunlight to kill them. Oh no no you you, you can still kill them with 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 stakes that still counts. I mean like there's that one vampire in the beginning where James Woods he gets a stake and then he he stabs the the vampire because like there's really just no time to get yeah, that but- vampire onto the sunlight. No, I think Other they still. I think they the still. Pu- I think they still pull them out in the sunlight. But either way, yeah, they still do. There's that, and then like there's this whole Catholic Church angle, which with uh, Maximilian confused. with <laughs> with Schnell that we haven't even mentioned. It's like, oh, we can't use a cross to like do any damage to them or any. It's just weird. Like all the all the vampire lures thrown out the window, which I think that stuff is like, why would you want to throw stuff out the window that is already established norms? Like the audience very- expects this. <laughs> And you can use it to your advantage. And like, he threw it all out and made it more difficult to tell the story, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's a very convoluted uh, lore when you bring in Catholicism and uh, the fight against vampirism here, especially when it comes to inverse exorcism. And <laughs> anyway, it's just yeah. so, it's, it's, it is pretty confused. It is pretty confused. But um, yeah, I, I think really with. Okay, well, going back to you know the team, the seven, the it's the the seven guys, and then uh, the rest of the team gets all decimated by by Valak. But going back to how like they were all just wasted in the very first act. I mean, Kerry Hiroyuki Taka. I think he he actually said that he was super disappointed in his character because he really wanted to expand his care flesh out his character. I don't even think Carpenter. he said more than 10 words. No, he didn't. And Carpenter, I think, re- I, I don't know if it's true, but apparently he rebuffed him and that was it. <laughs> That's why. And then they all just get killed. It's a, uh, yeah, that was poor. I agree with that. I was pumped to see Mark Boone Jr. Me do too. some like heavy lifting. And the first 15 minutes, he was like, he was James Woods, like right hand man. And he, he was like, I got it, boss. I'll do this, boss. And I was like, Prefer yeah, him he's, he's going to. And then he's the first one to get whacked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, all right, Mark Boone Jr. is going to be like, he's going to get some action in. <laughs> and uh, yeah, well, so he, much for he, that. He, he made that up in Sons of Anarchy. It's okay. <laughs> have Fair you seen, enough. Have you seen that at all? Uh, first season. Okay, yeah, I watched the whole thing. I mean, he, uh, I, like, I like his character in that show. He's a beloved yeah. character actor, like such a beloved character actor. Yeah. Always cool to see him yeah. on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. I, yep. But yeah, but yeah. I, I don't know. I think they force. I, it's just weird. It's just weird to me. Like the the whole Danny Baldwin and Cheryl Lee like romance <laughs> is really. <laughs> it's, 
it's just bizarrely done in my opinion and like you know he gets bit i, I think it's kind of cool how he gets bit by you know kindred hearts after being bitten but <laughs> yeah but it still doesn't make sense because she hasn't turned yet so how do I know. you i know <laughs> i think that first bite was supposed to be a red herring or a MacGuffin. red herring and in that i think we don't actually know if he was going to turn or not because well, that's, that's being more positive christopher good yeah, on, I, good I, on I you think, buddy <laughs> yeah no i think because i think that's the whole point of that like i don't know like we don't know what the hell's gonna happen is he gonna yeah even is he gonna change? Says he is he not? He yeah he says that he he tells her that he doesn't know if she's gonna turn into a vampire right. or not i mean right. the, the point was was to try to get valak before anything else happens and once they do then for sure then they can curb the possibility of her becoming a vampire um but yeah i know odd romance yes yeah i mean I well so if we if we dig into the genre definitions just briefly again like horror has this it always has had this like gothic element where there's where there's romance also tied into it mm. and especially vampires that's always been one of the tropes like the neck biting is very sensual. Um, there's always a little bit of blood, um, which is why the, the first bite in this Cherie's bite is like really risque, yeah. right? Like that's going uh, down I, on a yeah. Like that was um, <laughs> that was different. I hadn't seen something yeah. like that. I forget what he says. He's like, "Oh, you're, are you going to remember this as much as me, or something like <laughs> yeah, something like that?" Oh, yeah. he, no, he's, he's like, like, like the first time's always the best, or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> All right, I will. I will be. I'll be yeah. positive. The the, the the dialogue in this movie is funny. It, it, it like, is either on purpose or not. It's sort of like '90s, um, like how the action film of the '90s and '80 or '80s too, like how they have yeah. the um, what's the right word? Not campy, but um, they're sort of like self-aware. Yeah, in a way. Yeah. Um, and I think the dialogue here is, I would say that at the least, is some is aware of, of what they're saying, you know, like, and how they're saying it. And, um, like you said, Ben, like in that moment, it's, it is pretty funny. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of James Woods. Uh, I, I mean, I don't have memorized, but he, he says a lot of funny stuff and it's a lot of, and it's all ad lib too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you just know when it's James all Woods pretty, ad-lib. it's all pretty uh, gratuitous. It's, it's not very nice, but it's no, funny. But it's, it's funny. funny. So. It's so funny. What he t- <laughs> It's very quotable, especially when he talks about like, did you get a little wood from that? <laughs> a little yeah, mahogany. That, 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 was like, that was like a little recurring uh, joke. Um, yeah. 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 With this, with the replacement priest. Yeah. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of priest, I read someone's letterbox review and I have to bring this up, but oh. they were basically comparing uh, Maximilian Schnell's Cardinal, whatever the guy's, what was it Alba or something? Alba, Cardinal Alba, yeah. They were comparing him. They're like, oh, yeah, James Woods is going up and, like, you know, taking down the Catholic Church because Alba's just a stand in for Pope oh Francis. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, hey, they're not, they're not oh. wrong. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but uh, I just like cracked up. Some, what people see in movies sometimes just, just like, it's amazing. Blows, blows me away. I know. <laughs> Especially on Letterboxd. There's some well, you you go and you read some reviews for certain movies and it's like all of them are almost the same, but they like target like this one really out and left so, field thing. It's so homoerotic. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even going there, but um, <laughs> you, you know what I mean. Um, top Top Gun, the volleyball oh, scene. It's so gay. Oh, okay. No, here I got an, I got an example. A, it, that that's full on Letterbox. That God, 
Speaking of vampire movies and, oh, and uh, sucking doing, the life out, I was, oh, sucking the life. Nothing like the first time you get a little head or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah. I just, uh, yeah. but, uh, speaking of vampire movies and letterbox reviews, I went to Lost Boys and saw Christmas liking some uh, homoerotic reviews. Were you? Oh, really? You, 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 liked, you liked one. You liked one. But, oh, okay. uh, you don't like the Lost Boys, Chris? How dare you? On you there. <laughs> how dare you rate that a three out of ten? Oh, how dare I? I think I saw it one night twelve years ago. Was it twelve years ago? I have no. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Oh, I love that movie. I grew up on the VHS and all that shit, man. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, I just laughed because I'm like, I don't know why people like. Anytime there's two guys on screen and everyone's like, oh my gosh, they're not. They're not beating the shit out of each other. They must be gay for each other. Dude, it's like, yeah. what, this the, is, what the hell? It's an, it's an ongoing thing. It's like an infection from Tumblr. It's just bleeding into Letterbox. They do this all the time about when it comes to two buddies on 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 screen. And it's like, oh, they must be gay. I hope they're gay. Okay. <laughs> it's just like, why can't they be platonic? Like, what is, where's the where's the meaning of everything? Sexual. Yeah, everything's got. I mean, I well, know. yeah. I mean, so just for an example, like I, I saw. A James Spader film like six months ago. Oh, it's here called, we. I know this one. It's called True Colors from the early '90s, and it's him and John John Cusack. And I think almost every review of that movie was commenting on how gay these guys are. It's a movie about friendship. Yeah, it's a movie. About <laughs> you know what friendship. I mean? Like the, these guys are friends. Friendship. <laughs> wink, they wink. want more. Wink, wink, friendship. More. <laughs> well, it's just like if if other movies have that element to it, like fine, like they. Has that element to it, but not every single time two guys are on the screen and they have like a touching moment between them. It doesn't mean that it's yeah. It doesn't mean that they're gay. It just means that they're buddies. They're (laughs) it's a missing level, I think, to what either people are looking for or or what cinema is showing nowadays. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Right. Right. So like, that's the way I see it a good little segue into into something i was thinking about today and like we have we like you know you have all these online uh, you know imdb letterbox uh the movie database uh rotten tomatoes whatever we have all these metrics online but we never take into consideration that usually the the ratings of like let's say movies from the 80s or 90s the, the ratings of the people who actually saw it in the theaters are not being taken into consideration ever into anything that we see in terms of stuff that's that yeah. old, where would the rating go in terms of what people thought that actually were like, you know, our age seeing something in the eighties versus a 60 30 years year old ago now. or 40 yeah. years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Mm. And really the only, <laughs> the closest you got is IMDB and that that's only from like late nineties. Yeah. Up. Late nineties. Yeah. Or even maybe, maybe some of the nineties, but you, you'd have to find some rare accounts that were because IMDB, I think was created in 1990. So you'd have to have some, it was obviously very few people who had accounts for that kind of stuff, but um, beginning of the internet and all that, but yeah, you're right, Ben. Back in the wild west of the internet. The wild west of the internet. When there were no rules. (laughs) Yes. Forums and shit. (laughs) Kind of brings us full circle, circle really. Um, So where'd that leave us? Where are we off on vampires now? I mean, vampire. Yeah vampires are fine but i just i still don't like how they're depicted in this and and like yeah uh, jan valak or jan valak whatever um yeah 
Thomas Ian Griffith does a fine job, but they portray him as like he he takes all these guys down and then like the rest of the movie he's like neutered. Like he's just like, oh, I'm like I'm basically Dracula, but I still can't kill everybody. <laughs> it's really bizarre. It's power level 10 in the first 30 minutes, and then he goes down to like power level uh, five. Oh my gosh. The rest his, of the movie. His power level is uh, 9,000. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. Dragon Ball Z <laughs> reference or yes. something. Yes. Power levels 8,000. How? Wait, it's over nine. Vegeta, what did you say his power level is? It's over 9,000! 9,000?! There's no way that could be right! It can't! (laughs) Yes. Hey, oh my god, man. Vegeta and Goku are so gay for each other. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Full circle. Full circle. Don't leave Piccolo out of that, all right? (laughs) Why do you you think he's named that? Oh my god. It's powerful. Oh yeah, I love Dragon Ball Z. The, The dub's great, but... That's a that's a very interesting uh, little tangent. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's just a bunch of little nitpicks about the story, and I guess you can just attribute all attribute all of it to just Carpenter's type of filmmaking, which I guess a lot of people like that. Maybe people don't, but I don't know. I I, I obviously out of the three of us, I think I'm probably rating this the lowest. Unfortunately, it's it's a matter with the directing thing. It's a matter. I think of how I see, I don't know. I, I think, I think Carpenter is sort of onto something with how he's sort of cutting corners on certain aspects and what he chooses to show us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is ambiguous. And I don't think I blame you for not liking that aspect of it or thinking the plot kind of sucks. Um, but I, I think there's something to what Carpenter is doing because I'm not even explaining it right, but it's, I feel like there's something there to it where it's not intuitive, where you're seeing action happen and you're supposed to like if, with Jan Valak in the, in the, in the fight at the end, um, it's sort of the camera jumps around all over the place where intuitively you would think the camera would follow, would pick a character and sort of follow the character for a few edits. Instead, it just kind of goes from one character to the car driving into the crowd back to James Wood's character tied to the cross, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't necessarily think that's the wrong way to have approached it. Um, But I, I also totally see where your complaints are coming from. If that makes sense. To add to that point, the mo- the the constant montaging is like, what are we? Do- <laughs> what is this? A '90s music video <laughs> inspired by Rocky, yeah, uh, or that. <laughs> but it's like every every few minutes, there's this like, like oh, they're killing all the vampires, and it's like instead of showing the action, it's just like montage, blowing up, you know, bodies blowing up and going, you know, whatever. I, again, I, I guess I'm being nitpicky, but like, there is so much potential for this to be like an absolute stone cold classic with like the material they have and like the I actors. Agree with you. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, yeah. I mean, and like Big Trouble in Little China, I think that's even more of a western technically than this. Like, you mm-hmm. got you got Kurt Russell's character who's like you know 
basically a you know a cowboy and a trucker guy coming to town and he's taking care of business and then he's leaving again um <laughs> killing easterners yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice yeah uh, i mean <laughs> the, the original script for that movie was supposed to be set in the west and they the, the studio told carpenter fuck you like usual so oh well it he, seems that the still ongoing... made it very interestingly enough yeah yeah I'll... i mean it seems like the ongoing theme here is that carpenter had a lot of trouble with studio control yeah. throughout his career which is bizarre which is, to me yeah which is strange i mean to your point ben that you already mentioned it's like dude carpenter was a big name already in the 90s. Now, by 1998, everyone loved the thing. They loved Halloween. Why is this guy not able to, like, really do a Western? <laughs> I or haven't. Whatever. Yeah, I yeah. haven't. I haven't done a like deep dive or analysis or anything into like into the, bo- the, the well, the yeah. box office numbers of all of his movies from like let's just say like 88 to like 93. Mm-hmm. Like maybe they were all box office bombs. I'm not sure. The dude did have a bunch of just like movies that really took off but maybe the money wasn't maybe the money was all residuals afterwards and the, and the actual studios didn't make that money mm-hmm. maybe he did i don't know well, this this was his first box office success in like 10 years mm-hmm. okay so yeah maybe that explains it but still like it's a western man you can just yeah like a five ten million dollar budget <laughs> in the 90s will go so far I, I don't know he's one early example of a director who's always been who's always had trouble with the studio. I mean, like what, let's bring it up to, I'm sure we've mentioned this before. Zack Snyder has been hampered by the studio countless times since uh, 300. And you'd think, Oh, like a really talented director who's been able to, you know, put, put this kind of a blockbuster out there. And then you'd think that he'd be able to do more uh, Mm -hmm. with his, with his sort of caliber. And, and no, that's not what happened. Uh, (laughs) So Carpenter. Yeah. Falls in, he falls into that vein. And I don't know why either, uh, but I would just chalk up to the flaws of this film. I would just chalk up to studio interference, cutting the budget, stuff like that, and just more compromises that Carpenter had to make with the studio. And this is what you get, you know. So as close to a Fair passion enough. project as he can get in terms of making a Western, this is what he had to settle for. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> it's it is kind of unfortunate. But I do get Ben's nitpicks, and I, I would I would agree. Yeah, yeah, I do too. I have more. I mean, I, I have more nitpicks, but I'll I, I'll go into the positives. I think the relationship between James Woods and the replacement priest, played by um Tim, I think Tim Guinea, Guinea, yeah, yeah. I like their back and forths, and 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 Tim Guinea has he goes from like a nerd to kind of a badass by the end of the movie, so that's cool. I love he's got a good screen growth. presence too. Yeah, 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 and. Uh, it, and Cheryl Lee, I think, did a good job with what she was given. Like she was believable. I think she she's very stereotyped in this particular role. I've I've seen her now in quite a few films, and she's she's been damsel sort of stereotyped into the Twin Peaks character, where oh, okay. um, not so much the beauty queen, but the sort of like possessed, like something's. The vessel, wrong. the possessed Something's vessel. Wrong. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so she, she, she was but, well trained. <laughs> but, she's, but she's really, but I mean, the flip side of that is she's really good at it. Like all the, all the moments she has where she's like shaking and where she's seeing the visions and where she's possessed. Um, they're really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much so. Her eyes, yeah. her eyes are perfect. She's very, she can make very frightening faces and um, it's very expressive. 
she's she's a positive of the movie definitely yeah, yeah. james Woods was saying that even in the, in the desert scene where like he's just picking her up and then throwing her on the ground he's like oh, i just hated doing that to her but then she was like a trooper apparently she was like no 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 just go ahead just, just push me pull me whatever i don't care yeah so yeah i guess she was kind of used to that role yeah also i wanted to bring up uh the th- i guess the third baldwin brother daniel baldwin um so originally Carpenter wasn't seeking him out for the role of Montoya. It was someone who I think would have been amazing. It would it would it was almost Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell. Yeah, almost I did. Montoya. He, I did I hear think. about that. Him and, think... and James Woods. They're two like great improvisational, like comedic, uh, they fast talkers. I think they would have been great together, honestly. That would have helped the box office even more. And that's mm-hmm if only because of Bruce Campbell's notoriety with Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And oh, being yeah, part definitely. of that, right? Or uh, Briscoe County Jr., baby. <laughs> or that. You, you ever see that? <laughs> Actually, no. I heard I about that one. That's a weird Western for you. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. TV show. I, I think it was TNT, but yeah, early 90s after after all the Evil Dead stuff, which I didn't. I haven't seen that either, but I like Bruce Campbell from his... Uh, his role, I'm for, I'm forgetting the Greek or Roman or whatever name, but from uh, Hercules, the legendary journey with Kevin Sorbo, mm. Bruce Bruce Campbell did a lot of like, you know, I guess he had a reoccurring role by the end of the series, but he did a lot of just like, yeah, every couple episodes he was in that show. So I'd know him from that, but oh, cool. okay. yeah, Bruce Campbell's, he's funny. I love Bruce. Campbell. Oh, and I, I, <laughs> I have seen Army of Darkness. I just never seen the Army original. Yeah, this is my boomstick. <laughs> yeah, and there's also Spider Man. You know, honestly, cameos. Yeah, but honestly, he could have played. He put, he could have played James Woods' character. I think so too. Yeah, he would have. He would. He would have played him like Ash. I think though. Yeah, <laughs> he would I mean, have. He would have totally played him like Ash. That's fine. That would have made yeah. it better. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it would have made James Woods would, is great. James Woods great, but he's I going for the. He's going for like a. It's it's funny what he does but he's going for a more serious tone i think if you would have brought in the sillier campbell performance it would have made me ignore all the other dumb shit all the other all the other stuff kind of like yeah. the way kurt russell was sort of like the campy kind of like happy-go-lucky kind of character he was in big big trouble in little china from what i remember i guess you yeah know, that's an think, accurate he, comparison yeah he wasn't trying to play that one seriously um but yeah also i wanted to bring up i mean chris you mentioned before uh James Woods and John Carpenter. I mean, apparently James Woods is known for being hard. I don't know how true that is. Hard to work with on set. I actually have never heard of that before. I I heard that from somewhere. I don't think that's accurate because I feel like James Woods is so enthusiastic and so eager to work with anyone. He's so collaborative. And with John Carpenter, you know, they they made a deal. Okay, let's shoot a scene where where I I just improvise all this stuff. And then we can shoot We can shoot another scene where we follow the script. And it looks like John Carpenter really... 90% 90% of the time kept what James Woods had in mind uh, for dialogue, like all the, you know, the, all the little like <laughs> uh, wood jokes and uh, you know, yes. sensual jokes. And it's just, yeah, it, it, it made it fun. The, it made the it camaraderie really fun. or like a little, little jibs and jabs. Yeah. Of, uh, yeah. Fun stuff. Yeah, exactly. And Agreed, also, you yeah. know, I got to say like the, that classic shot of James Woods walking away from the motel. Um. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I listened I watched the interview on the special features edition uh, feature on the Blu-ray and he talks about um, 
about the making of that of that scene. And he goes, okay, so I'll just read this entire quote. I mean, it, it, I think it's really entertaining from James Woods, where he says something very funny. I was on Twitter, which is ridiculous to begin with. And I love that he mentioned that. <laughs> you mean X? I just, yeah, X now, known as X. Um, and don't, he add, said, but, don't add two more X's to that. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but James, James goes, but somebody brought it to my attention about whether or not I flinched when the bombs went off. And away from the stepping away from the quote for a bit you can kind of see that he does flinch in that scene where he's trying to be so cool and he's wearing the sunglasses he's got the he's got the stogie in his mouth and you can see that he's he flinches for just a second when that explosion happens so going back to the quote he goes that was about you know a hundred gallons of gasoline blowing up a 14 room motel we built all at once at the same time and i'm about 30 feet in front of it so uh you know if you think i flinched Bitch, you try it and see if you flinch or not. The force of the gasoline explosion literally blew me off my feet. I did a little crow hop. If you actually saw the whole cut, I actually was lifted off my feet and landed back and kept walking. I would never do that again. I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. I really don't know what I was thinking, end quote. <laughs> so it was just... <laughs> yeah, I mean, anyone talking shit to a real explosion doesn't... They haven't been no. around that. See, the thing is, despite all the flaws and, uh, you know, uh, gripes about the plot, which I also have myself, and I'll go into that maybe a little later if we have time. But there's a sort of... I don't know. I mean, despite all the all the corners that were cut by carpenter and you know the studio getting in the way there's a sort there, there is still a sense of realism and a feel for the viewer to be part of that you know it's kind of like suffer in that sweltering heat alongside woods uh Lee and and uh, daniel baldwin it, you you could kind of feel that you could feel the heat you could feel how dry it is out there you could kind of feel how you know they're actually shooting on location. I mean, this might be repetitive to say, but it just feels it feels, you know. <laughs> well, that's well, that's what I yeah, like about I mean, that's what I like about their job, the way that it's yeah. depicted. Mm -hmm. The vampire slayer is it's backbreaking. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. They have to, they have to exactly. stab all these bodies. I, they don't have to stab it with, ah, the, with the staves, but they they stab these bodies multiple times with a stave. Um, they're getting beat up over, you know, getting thrown around, getting beat up. And then they have to attach a cable to the body, mm -hmm. have it pulled out of the building where they are and to have the body burn up in the sunlight. Yeah. Um, so what you're me, saying like that, that, is you like the process. I do. You like the Frankenheimer S this. Yes. I agree with that. Yes. Yes. And I was just wrongness that I love. It's it's very quote unquote blue collar to me. Yeah, and if, if like we were that. living in a vampire world, I think that would it would that would be a, a realistic sense of what it would be like. Mm -hmm. Yes. And James Woods does touch upon that because you know he does have a point too when he brings up the whole idea of okay, here we go again. Green screen, blue screen, all that crap where it doesn't feel you're just it makes me feel like an observer. It doesn't make me feel like not only an observer, but it makes me feel like I want I'm kind of part of that environment. Yes. So that I think is something that Carpenter succeeds in, in not just this film, but even Escape from New York, The Thing, stuff like that. Um, I haven't seen Halloween, which is a travesty to maybe too many viewers. I but, haven't. You know, it's not yeah. a travesty to me. Uh, I thought you would. I mean, <laughs> hey, you have a big crush on Jamie. Uh, here comes Curtis the peanut gallery. <laughs> I don't have a big crush. Yeah, you do. Come she on, ain't no freaking top line, dude. She ain't on Barbara Stanwyck. 
Okay. Yes. 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 So wait. <laughs> there I'm, we go. I'm Here le- we go. Okay. I am legitimately one out of three of us. I'm the only one here who's seen Halloween. That's really? a very. I literally. I literally have no interest to see that movie. It's been okay, ruined. I'm, it's been ruined. Like been I, all ruined. the freaking memes from that, every single thing that's used that and just copied from it. Like it's been yeah. ruined for me at this point. I'm gonna try to watch it this, ho- uh, well, this upcoming Halloween season. We'll like I'm not going I, in. It, I'm not going in blind, Chris. Well, it 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 takes place during the Fourth of July, so yeah, that doesn't matter though. <laughs> even if it does, it, I don't. I don't even know it. I don't even care. Halloween, I'm, I'm which saying, spawned so many sequels and then those remakes and then same director who's remaking hey, all these classic I, horrors. I can sing the song or I can hum the, hum hum the song. <laughs> I'm not doing it yeah. now. No, yeah, that's I mean, cool. That's cool. <laughs> I, I totally get not going for that kind of stuff. Like I, it, Halloween Halloween isn't even like, it's not even something that like I grew up on or anything. It's just I appreciate it for what it is and it's one of those movies, actually, where if I caught it on TV, I'd probably keep it on. Well, that's oh, what I'm saying. Okay. Like, if someone was like, hey, what, what do you want to watch tonight? Oh, let's watch this. And it was during October. I'd be like more inclined to do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's but I'm it's, not going to put it on by myself because I I have so many other things I'd rather watch things. before. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes complete sense. But isn't like, all right, speaking of horror, this movie. Yeah. Even Vampires was a horror movie, right? It's, I mean, it's not it's really not, that scary. It's, it's not, not scary. It's not, yeah. Well, and that's, and that's what I was saying with the weird Western is supposed to, supposedly a combination of fantasy, Western, and horror genres. But in my experience, having watched, I don't know what number I'm on right now. I'm between 30 and 40, I think, of uh, weird Westerns. The Who, who's, thread, who's keeping count? Just I, I just have a list, you know, I'm, you know, nothing big. <laughs> um, I the common thread is that it doesn't really fit into any of these. It's just its own thing that has a taste of this, a taste of that. Um, and it's well, not strict to any sort of. It's sort of like a noir in that way, like a noir has sort of a broad sense of what it is when you see it, you know it. Um, and I think a weird Western is just it's it's sort of the same deal but like you see would, it, would you, you sort of think know what it is would you think like or well, i don't know if you've seen it or not but bone tomahawk do you think that's a weird western i think that yeah. classifies a weird western yeah i have that Christian. on my list but to me that's would, more that's more of a western than probably like that entire list yeah that you're no no no. you you would be correct in that i think but i think my, in that list yeah I, I think that would be one of the ones i would consider like 80 percent it's like 80% of Western probably if you were to like divide it up that way. Um, that's, that's sort of what I mean though. Like it's, it's a, it's a mishmash. Like it's, it's exactly the same way we talk about noirs and we've had this conversation on the pod before Yeah, where, where it's very broad, it's very vague, but like you see it and you know it, that's the best way I can describe it. Um, really the, co- the other common thread though too is, um, I think weird, a lot of weird Westerns, if you go back to the 30s and the 40s and the 50s, um, a lot of them come from pulp comics um, and uh, serials, and they're mostly B films. So none of them, none of them would be mainstream. Um, and that's that's the other big thing I've sort of seen when I've when I've watched these these types of movies. Yeah. I don't know if you had another question there. About no, my, my original. Like well, yeah, that, that was a good explanation. But my original thought uh, coming off the horror comment was isn't 
well, don't most people think that watching horror movies with other people is better than watching them by yourself? I think that's a fair to say. They're, say, they're very much group films. Yeah, yeah. I, I I would agree with that. Like seeing Halloween in when what did it come out? 1977, 78, something like that. Yeah, around like yeah, see, seeing that in the theater was probably a lot better experience than seeing it on a television set in 1985. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I'd agree with that. That's fair to say. Yeah. So I mean, if if I was given that opportunity to to see it in a theater with a bunch of people, you know, full a full uh, room, you know, that'd be that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Right. I just had a recent experience with horror films back in February um, with two horror flicks that I saw Frankenhooker and um, my bloody Valentine. And in no way would I had seen those films like on TV or, you know, sort of seek them out on Tubi or wherever I watch movies, but I bought my ticket, went to see them. I had a blast and it was awesome to see it with a group of people because you get these live reactions. You see everybody's into it. Everybody wants to be there. It's just a totally different atmosphere. Yeah. And that would be the same effect with seeing something like Halloween or even this vampires. I think you'd get a lot of people <laughs> shouting James Woods lines or, you know, <laughs> just hollering and hooting yeah. at, at some of the kills. Definitely, I would agree with that. Yeah. Although I did see, well, speaking of horror films, I did see The Exorcist uh, a couple months ago. Um, and uh, I think that can, either you can go with a group or you can watch it uh, by yourself. Um, but that would be a film that will, um, <laughs> if you're by yourself, it, it can it can definitely get you in a, in, a, in a way that's different than seeing it with a group. Because with a group, then you've got the, You've sort of got the comfort of screaming alongside everybody else. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, it, it depends on you. But I would say, generally speaking, horror films would work better as as uh, group films, uh, films to see with friends, events to see with friends. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, I think the only last thing I have to say, really, um, just one last positive thing um, before we, I, I think we're, probably getting ready to rate this. Um, my favorite scene actually is a moment between Shirley and Daniel Baldwin when they, when they're in the hotel room together and Daniel Baldwin's watching her um, because she's infected and trying to see what's going to happen if she's going to turn because they don't really quite know when. Um, but there's a few frames where um, Shirley is naked on the bed, but you don't really see anything except the side of her body. Yeah. And I think it's just a really, it's a really cool element. I mean, she's a beautiful woman, um, but it's a really cool um, yeah, we can't sort of juxt- <laughs> juxtaposition <laughs> between how delicate she is and how rough and big Daniel Baldwin is um, mm-hmm. and how that moment sort of plays into their romance later. But I, I think that whole dynamic um, is kind of cool. Yeah. And um, a few of those scenes in the in the hotel room, I think are, um, they're memorable to me um, oh, yeah. and how they relate to the gothic romance and horror, mm-hmm. um, which we don't really see any of that for the rest of the movie. It's just no. only kind of that moment in the hotel room. Um, I didn't know if you guys had, you know, another scene really quick. You wanted to mention before we rated um, before we rated this thing. Yeah. I mean, speak, uh, to to build off of that, I didn't like at the end how 
they were like, oh, you just killed the bad guy that bit me and turned me into a vampire, but I'm still a vampire. I, I yeah. was like, damn it. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, I, I didn't like that no, either. No payoff. Uh, so yeah. like, James Woods is going to go after him, but whatever. Yeah. Um, I will find you. <laughs> yeah. It's a, a ticket line. Was, from- <laughs> that was like a heart. That was like a heartbreaking line, or at least it's supposed yeah. to be because it's like, oh, these two guys are, yeah. they're friends. friends. They're, they're buddies. Yeah. And, I think it worked uh, really well. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Oh, they're buddies. There <laughs> oh, we go. I yeah. knew where I was going with that. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> I liked, yeah, I, I didn't like that. And I also just, I don't know. I, I was, I thought they underutilized uh, Academy Award winner Maximilian Schnell. Like he's in the yeah. movie for like all of like five minutes. Like five why, minutes. Why'd you even get him? Well, and, and Jan, and Jan Valak, the guy who plays him, he has like Tom, 18 lines in the movie. Thomas Ian Griffith. Griffin, yeah. Griffith, whatever. Griffith. Cobra Kai, yeah, uh, Cobra Kai. Karate Kid, Karate Kid Part Three, yeah, throwback. <laughs> I he, love so, that. Yeah, Cobra Kai is fantastic. If, if he's in that, he he is fantastic as the bad guy in that. He comes he? back. Yeah, it's oh, awesome. Boy. I don't know why my friends keep saying, "How have you not seen Cobra Kai? You're a big Karate Kid." Fan. Oh, it's yeah, I know, I know. It's so it's, it's so bingeable. Yeah, is it? Yeah, okay. Yeah. So one of the one of the shows I have to I have yet to get to alongside Twin Peaks. Which people have also oh, you got to get on that too, buddy. I know it's a Cheryl Lee episode right now. You got to get on Twin Peaks. Ah, oh, boy, <laughs> that's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah, but uh, for me, yeah, I mean, like, I pretty much I'm generic to say I love every scene with James Woods. Okay, every scene with James Woods is just fun and it's a good pick. You know, I cover yourself I there, yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, <laughs> and and <laughs> well, I gotta say that there is that scene where he where he first meets in within the context of the story he meets with cardinal alba and this is when he gets introduced to the new priest uh played by uh, tim guinea father adam yep. and it's he walks in and then you know he's there to ask him about okay what is the deal with this new with this master vampire and i guess like to me it, the way that james woods delivers the line where it's like very it's kind of melodramatic and it's sort of it's like is this the guy that we've been looking for and then it just sort of offsets everything else that came before it because everything else was he was just playing it straight and funny and then when you get to that scene suddenly it's like that's kind of odd it's kind of melodramatic but it's like i don't know it's just part of the fun of it and i think uh i think you know despite all despite all the uh gripes that we've had i think i think carpenter was still kind of having fun with what he was able to do here so and i think that scene can fit as an example but anyway yeah no, I think you're right. I think Carpenter did have fun with this, and it's yeah. evident. Um, James Woods, I think, had fun with it too. Definitely, but, um, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. All right, you guys ready to rate? Let's do it. Okay. Um, uh, who wants to go first? Yeah, I was going to say that. Mr. Chris, go. All right, I'll do first. <laughs> I am rating this three out of five. Okay, Ben. Yeah. Uh, how do, I can't do math. What is that? <laughs> That's a six out of ten. <laughs> All right. All right. Now I'm going to write it a 6.5 to be more positive. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. No. I'm going with a, it's a hard, it's a hard one. I'm, I'm, I'm going with a uh, four out of 10. Four yeah. Of I 10. had a feeling that's where you were going to be. Yeah. I had a feeling. Yeah. I had a feeling. Okay. Well, me, it would be three and a half out of five. So seven out of 10. I'm the one who's slightly higher. You know, me and Ben argue about, 
who's more positive between us, but Kevin, yeah. I think you always get the title. Of, you think so? Yeah. You think so? I think you, I think you're actually the winner of who's positive. <laughs> I think I think we're sort of like tied in a way. Kevin's Chris. rating system goes from a, a six to a ten. <laughs> ah, come on, give me a break. Is that what I've been giving all these? freaking movies look at my letterbox i've been giving like some pretty bad scores i don't know here. i don't know in the end of jones the dial of destiny you have it as a six out of ten what the heck yeah is that? Be, be, because when it comes to movies i try to find the good in things it's like okay sorry let's blame yeah. jack for giving a five stars for freaking positive. every movie that he <laughs> it's like throwing hey, jack shout out to jack there you go. but shout yeah jack, uh, jack doesn't listen uh yeah he's he will he will but anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I was gonna, I, I was gonna throw shade, I was gonna throw shade at uh, Kevin and say you like you say all this stuff about James Woods, but you still haven't seen Cop. What's wrong with you? I know I want to get that Kino Lorber Blu-ray, but it's not, it's nowhere to be found now, and it's so, not even on Tubi anymore. And it's like, oh, so just, yeah, I'll just, Cop, I'll just, I'll just hook you up. And, yeah, and hook me up, please. Twin Cop Peaks Firewalk with me should be on your radar since top, we've talked about Cheryl oh, Lee. Yeah. And and James Woods, you should wait, watch Chris, both of those movies. Wait, 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 Chris, though, Firewalk with me. Can I watch that without watching? You the could, show? but everyone who recommends you watch Twin Peaks, they're going to tell you to watch everything in order the, the way that it came out. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. So the first yeah, two so. seasons, and then and then Firewalk with me. But um, yeah, just because we're in time for horror season, Twin Peaks Firewalk with me is technically mm-hmm. a horror film, and um, I would say it's probably the best horror film ever made. Okay, but whoa, okay, yes. Not trying definitely. to tangent, but those are no, the two no, recommendations that you should totally, you should totally watch. Definitely, um, definitely. I'll ben, say. That, so what's what? All right, go ahead. The, the average score, uh, the searcher score is a five point six. Okay. <laughs> Could have been a so, little lower. <laughs> nah, not that's pretty. Not good. a recommend. Yeah, that's good. I mean, it's, like it's, it's 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 borderline. It's, it's borderline. It, I would rather just everybody go watch uh, Big Trouble in Little China because that's yeah. got a little bit of horror. Ele- that's got some horror elements in it. It's got or some the uh, Lost Boys. I'd, I'd second or the ben Lost there. Boys. Yeah, I would second Chris, Ben there. You rated the Lost Boys. Uh, I'm stalking <laughs> Chris's profile three years ago, and you told me you watched it 12 years ago. Three years ago. Yeah, I don't remember watching it. Three years ago. <laughs> All right, then, do I have it? Do I have it may, logged? Yeah, or did three I read years, it? You rated three. it three years ago, so now you got to go wow. rewatch it. <laughs> okay, so that was probably uh, a transferred rating, or I carried it over from IMDb. I haven't seen it in. I'm pretty sure it's been 10 or 12 years. Yeah, I like that. I like that okay. one. I like that one, but it's all good. Um, so that score could have been a little bit lower, but because uh, this film did give me a little wood, a little mahogany, a little teak, major <laughs> Chevy, a, a as little opposed teak. to Chris. Uh, yeah, as Very good. To little, little, Chris, little cherry. You know, yeah, little, yeah, exactly. That's why the score is a little higher and is borderline. So I'd say I think, you know, if you're a fan of James Woods or if you're, or you're a fan of John Carpenter, Go uh, go seek it out. Try it out. See how it's like, and see if it gives you a little wood too. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's on Netflix, and if you want to buy it, I guess you have the 2019 Shout Factory Collector's Edition Blu-ray, Kevin. Yeah, yes, I do. And yes, if you don't, I do. if you don't want to buy it, but you want to see it, and you don't have Netflix, you can rent it on Amazon. Easy peasy, as always. Yeah. Yes, sir. Accessible. It's not on Tubi this time. Fortunately, yeah. not. No, but unfortunately, not. We lost our sponsorship. Okay. <laughs> but uh yeah i think with that uh we'll i'll say thanks everybody for tuning in send your mailbags uh we had one of those two episodes ago so send your mailbags into the searchers podcast at gmail.com and like rate subscribe at all the places that you listen to us those help get people other people to, to check us out and uh say hi to us on letterbox if you're too lazy to do all that
Beautiful. And stay tuned for the rest of this month. We're going to have at least two more horror-adjacent October films. <laughs> ben loves it. He sees it. All right. See you, cowboy. Later. Yeah, adios, everybody. Thanks for listening to The Searchers Podcast. If you want to hear more of our thoughts on movies, you can find us on Letterboxd. Ben at Giant13, Chris at Ziglet underscore Mer, and me at Kevin Chan. Find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and on searchersfilmpodcast.podbean.com. Until next time, people. <laughs>